0: Welcome back guys, you're here with uh, Lawson and Lyle, the double L team, Yeah, on Faith FM, with our Encounter with God section. But before we go to Encounter with God, do we have another clue for our we, quiz? No one snapped it up yet, Yeah, we surprised. do have another clue. And okay, it, it, so wait, I'll give you the number, I'll give you the number because I think when you get this clue you'll probably get it straight away Mm -hmm. so type this number into your phone be ready to call uh for the prize 1-800-324-843 is the number have it ready to go because here comes clue number three all right
1: here we go i had a shield bearer go before me in battle
0: Ooh, (laughs) come on guys
1: (laughs) let's go let's go come on guys you know
0: who this is Somebody that was associated with the story of David because David ended up with his sword. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now, of course, of course, Lawson, of course, that's a new word for us. Uh, we have something we need to be talking about today. Yes, what is that? we do. Um
1: Oh, I remember. (laughs) It's the Faith FM YouTube channel. We have just launched this brand new YouTube channel. And Ma now us and said, you need to plug this YouTube channel. Um, So that is exactly what we're doing now. You have to hit up the Faith FM YouTube channel. Um, Pretty sure it's just
0: one word, Faith FM, hit it up. And okay, so I got this uh, I got this question that came through on uh, – if you just look for Faith FM on YouTube, you'll find it r- right away. Okay. But I said this question that came through on uh, Facebook in relationship to the question of the day yesterday. It says, can't worship happen on any day? Shouldn't it happen every day? Why emphasize the Sabbath? And then I get a comment on that. I missed it this morning. Was it recorded? Well, we're not actually recording our audio segments at the moment, but we are recording – Question of the day, and Mm. it is available on YouTube. So jump across to YouTube, um, or Ig TV, and you'll find the answer to that question right there. Although I will be posting some more about this um, on my uh, Two Cents column. Yeah, you will. Files Two Cents. I'll be posting some more information on that later today sometime when I can get uh, time to get it all finished off and taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, yes, YouTube, there you go. We are now on YouTube and you can access so much more of it. The great thing about YouTube is that you don't have to be a member. Yeah. You don't have to be signed up to anything. You don't have to be getting all kinds of notifications bombarding you. Um, You don't have to have an account, anything like that. Mm. You just go and do a quick search and it's all
1: there. But that's the thing you can if you want. So, for me, who has a YouTube account, I can then subscribe to Faith FM and receive notifications whenever they upload, be just completely on top of it and be able to just, you know, at the click of a button, be able to have their channel up and running and, and watching their amazing videos.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Of course you can. All right. Uh, okay, where were we up to? We were in the Book of Acts. Yes, we were. And Paul was in prison. Well, kind of in prison. Yeah, he was definitely in chains. Mm. Okay, so the governor, just uh, give a bit of a review of where we were up to. The governor at this particular time, uh, who was a Roman, had taken Paul in and found there was nothing you know, that, uh, that he had against Paul. Paul hadn't done anything that was illegal under Roman law. He recognised that this was a, a, an issue of Jewish religion. And so, as a result, is like, well, I'm not qualified to deal with this. He hands Paul over to the Sanhedrin. How much? Uh, how, how? What kind of a reception do you expect that Paul will get amongst the Sanhedrin? Well, as you can imagine, um, the Sanhedrin were the
1: same people who persecuted Jesus. Yes, um, and and hung him on a cross.
0: So now, there had been some really good people, really good members true. of the Sanhedrin. You had Gamaliel, who was Paul's mentor, mm. who actually made a very, very good statement further uh, earlier on in the Book of Acts. You had people like Nicodemus who was converted, Mm. and the Bible talks about others from the Sanhedrin and the priesthood who gave their lives to God. Um, They gave their lives to Jesus, doesn't actually name them. But at this particular time, Christianity has been in Jerusalem for a fair while. You're not going to get onto the Sanhedrin. We're like, what, 20, 30 years down the track. You're not going to end up on the Sanhedrin unless you are dedicated to the Jewish religion and dedicated to opposing the Christian religion. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, heading in there, he knows that he is heading into a bit of a a, a, a nest of vipers yeah is um a dude would definitely be intimidating yeah, <laughs> and of course, uh one of the first things that happens is that uh, he makes a statement, and the high priest commands him to be slapped, and he makes a rather strong statement about that, not realizing it that it's the high priest, which indicates that uh, as tradition says, there is every likelihood that he had very poor eyesight, yeah. But they're not, they're not they're not they're not teaching they're not treating Paul very well. Okay, let's read a few verses for us here, Lawson. You got for us the uh, first five verses. We'll do a quick review.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, in Acts chapter
0: twenty three, verses one to five. Um, try. Oh, we're we in twenty three already? Yeah. Where did the book of Acts go? <laughs> <laughs> <Just scream laughs> no, getting away it. from okay, us. All right. Read away for us there, Lawson.
1: Okay, in Acts chapter twenty three, verse one, the bo- the Bible says. Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth.
0: Okay, you stop there. he he just stands up and says, Look, you know, I have lived with a good conscience, a clear conscience, mm. and he gets beaten for it. That's Th- a, a rather strange reaction, like this guy standing up and claiming to be a good person, let's just smack him. Mm. Anyway, keep going.
1: Verse three Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall, for you sit to judge me according to the law, and do not command me and do and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? And those who stood by said, Do you revile God's high priest? Then Paul said, I do not know, brethren that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler
0: of your people. Okay, so when we put this together, and this is worth thinking about here for a moment, uh, it's it's somewhat of an insight into the kind of mind that Paul had. If he could not see across, if his eyesight was so poor that he couldn't see across the room Mm. to recognize who was speaking, then you kind of wonder how it was that he was able to preach and to teach, and to write the books that he wrote. Mm. Now, there's every indication that um, many of the books that he wrote, he used a scribe to do so, and that would be a a reasonable consideration, particularly for someone who had poor eyesight. But it does, you know, when you read those books, and you read how, you know, large portions of those books he's constantly quoting from the Old Testament... Mm. He's constantly preaching about Jesus Christ. He's preaching powerful sermons about Jesus Christ and all from memory. Mm. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. You know, this guy has a brain like a steel trap Mm. and he has absorbed the word of God. And, of course, the Bible that he had in those days was the Old Testament. Yeah. you know That was the Bible he loved and that he used and that he preached from on a daily basis uh, because, of course, the New Testament hadn't been written yet and uh and, and this is what he is you know he is just he is just sharing it every single day he is just going hard on it and uh it's it's all just right there in his head mm. what an amazing mind, and what dedication to the cause of God oh for sure, I think like because back then um you know Paul was a
1: Pharisee before he became a Christian, and back then right. yeah people who were Pharisees had to memorize the whole old testament mm-hmm. um, but, you know, we see Paul's conversion experience and then the time that he takes off to sort of work out like, okay, how does Christianity fit into what I already know? And be, I guess because of that knowledge that he already had, like it just, yeah, I, I love the books of Paul. Uh, it's, you know, so much insight into, you know, how to practically make your faith real and and what God really is like um, to, you know, how to make God real to us and, and, yeah, it just comes from, like, that, that yeah, that dedication that he had to These the These are word. the most deeply theological books that there are in the entire Bible. Mm. You know, end of story. <laughs> Especially, like, even Peter says in, in his epistles, like, yeah, if yeah. you have a hard time understanding Paul, it's okay, because so <laughs> do we. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, anyway. So, moving on from there, uh, let's let's have a couple more verses there. He's... Um, he recognises the high priest and he actually gives honor to the high priest, you would wonder you would wonder why. Mm. Jesus doesn't. You know Jesus speaks to the high priest in very plain language, and Jesus says, You know, when the when the high priest says, I adjure you by the name of the living God, that you tell us whether you are the Son of God, he says, You've said so. Nevertheless, I tell you, you will see me coming in the clouds of heaven with power and And great glory. In other words, I'm going to resurrect you from the dead to watch me come back. (laughs) It's a pretty heavy statement that Jesus makes. And Jesus did call them whited graves, graves Mm. painted white, you know, white on the outside, full of dead men's bones on the Mm. inside. But we need to remember Jesus' um, rank Mm. in comparison to Paul's rank. For sure. Jesus is the ruler and creator of the universe, He is Almighty God, right there. And so he has a certain level of freedom to say very, very, speak very, very plainly, whereas Paul speaks with more politeness.
1: You're listening to Faith FM,
2: positively different radio.
0: Kind of reminds me of the story of David and Saul. hmm you know, where David, where, where, where uh, you know, um, Saul is out chasing David and he's trying to catch David and kill David and execute him. And David's, yeah, you know, he's camped out in the mountains and, he, and he's looking down across the valley and he sees Paul's camp down there and, and he says to Job, let's go down in the middle of their camp while they're asleep. Yeah. yeah. So he and Job go for a bit of a wander down there and they're wandering through the camp. Everybody's sound asleep and they come across um, Saul sleeping on the ground. Now, Saul is trying to kill David. Yeah, and uh, Job's like, "Let me smite him. I won't smite him twice." You know, he was like, "Yeah, let me take this guy down. I'm just gonna one hit, and he's gone, and we're out of here." You know, and David's like, "No, he's the Lord's anointed. Mm. He was anointed by the prophet Samuel, by God Himself, to be in this position. And there is no way I'm ever going to take his life because he is the Lord's anointed. And even when, you know, there was, uh, you know, when somebody came to David when when Saul died." and claimed to have killed King Saul, thinking that by telling this to David, that David would give him high honor Mm. for having killed his bitterest enemy. You know, this is Saul who who several times, you know, threw a spear at him, tried to pin him to the wall, Mm. Um, chased him here and there and everywhere and just, you know, treated him like a fugitive Um, or made him into a fugitive. And yet David punished the guy with death who claimed that he had executed King Saul. Mm. Uh, he, he was like, no, this is God's decision. This is God's role. This is God's, you know, God has placed this person in a position of honor. And so he treated him with respect. And this is what we find Paul doing here as well. When he realizes it's the high priest, he gives respect.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's actually interesting. It just reminded me of a, a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 2, um, which is which is amazing. It's actually... Probably one of my favorite sections in the Bible, but it, it starts off with this, it says in First in Timothy chapter two and verse one, and this is a book that Paul wrote to Timothy, um, who was a very young guy coming up pastoring churches and Paul was uh, a mentor to mm-hmm. Timothy and he mm-hmm. writes to him this letter and he says, um, "Therefore I exhort first of all that uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence." Like he, Paul himself recognizes that, um, it kind of reminds me of the, the, the Daniel two story, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when, you know, Daniel says to, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, God has, has given you all these things. Like, uh, he's, when he, when he explains the dream yeah, and he's like, you know, you are this head of gold, you know, God has given the birds of the air and the beasts of the field and everything into your hand. Like it's, it's God who lifts up and it's God who puts down and mm-hmm. yeah, um, Paul can see. Um, I think. I think it's just that. Yeah, no, there's, there's a
0: similar, there's a similar kind of thing there because you know um, Daniel treats Nebuchadnezzar with respect, mm. and Nebuchadnezzar was a total psycho. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was just like a, he was a serious, serious psychopath. Um, but Daniel treats him res- with respect because he recognises that God's hand is involved in what is mm. taking place here. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so where are we up to? We need to keep reading. Okay, verse six. In Acts chapter 23,
1: says, But when Paul perceived that one part of the Sadducees and the other Pharisees, um, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope of the resurrection of the dead. um, I am being
0: judged. Okay, so... This is, a, this is an interesting tactic that Paul uses. He looks around the Sanhedrin and he's like, yeah, okay, there's some Pharisees and there are some Sadducees here. Now, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were bitterly divided between each mm. other, like bitterly divided. The Sadducees were your uh, extreme left wing. Your Pharisees were your extreme right wing, basically. Yeah. The Sadducees were your Hellenistic Jews. Um, so Greek, they'd been they, you know, Greek philosophy. Basi- basically, what happened was that uh, when when not Nebuchadnezzar, when Alexander the Great had conquered Palestine, he had honoured the Jewish people and worshipped in their temple in the court of the Gentiles. When really he should have destroyed the city because they were mm-hmm. allied to the Persians. The reason that he did that and it really shocked and surprised all of his. Offices was because of the prophecy of Daniel 2 7 and 8 uh, and 9, uh, sorry, uh, and 10 through 12, that had, you know, those four prophecies that all spoke about the rise of the Greek Empire. Mm. And he recognized that he was predicted in prophecy. This was Alexander's opportunity to accept God. Mm. God was calling to him right here. He went into the temple, he worshipped in the temple, he worshipped Yahweh in the temple. This was, this was, this was alexander 's opportunity to do what Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus you know had done in the past and to you know make a full confession of of um, of the Almighty God and he missed it because he then goes down to Egypt, he conquers Egypt, uh, goes out into the desert to talk to the oracle that's out in the desert you know and just disappears off into mysticism you know from a spiritual yeah. perspective, but he comes back to Egypt, he founds the city of Alexandria, one of sixteen cities he named them all Alexandria. <laughs> Um, (coughs) Big head syndrome. Yep, that's right. (laughs) And uh, Alexandria is the only one that still exists, but he founded it as a university city, a college city. Mm. And, of course, this was where you had this combination that took place between um, Greek mythology and Egyptian religion that gave rise to, say, the religion of the Gnostics. Mm. He sponsored uh, about 70 young people. Uh, young men from um from from Judah to go down there each year and to study in his colleges and of course they absorbed a lot of Greek mysticism, they became very Hellenistic in their approach to things, and they formed this sect called the Sadducees very easy to understand, to remember who the Sadducees are because they did not believe in the resurrection because they were sad. that was sad you see, you see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, I sat. Yeah, that was sad, you see. Yeah. Um <laughs> There's my dad joke for the day. <laughs> Pun of the day right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh and so this is who the Sadducees were. Now the Sadducees only accepted the first five books of Moses. Mm. They wouldn't have anything to do with any of the rest of the Bible. The Pharisees went the other extreme. They accepted the whole Bible plus all of their commentaries. Yeah. You know, so you had these two extremes, and they really, really hated each other. Yeah, and uh, the the big issue was the resurrection of the dead. That was that was the big dividing issue. Mm. Well, it's something that the Sadducees pressed on Jesus as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. And Jesus took a very decided stand against the Sadducees in that particular uh, situation, telling, him, "Look, you don't even know the scriptures. You know, <laughs> uh, you guys need to read your Bibles a bit." But uh, yeah, so he he raises this. Uh, particular objection here. Now, keep reading for us. Let's find out what is the reaction that happens there in the Sanhedrin when he says, hey, I'm on trial over the issue of the resurrection of the dead.
1: Yeah, sure. In verse 7 it says, and when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the assembly was divided. Okay, oh, so that <laughs> that's a good move. <laughs> there's,
0: there's a reason why Paul was a master lawyer. Yeah. You know, this guy was raised by Gamaliel, the greatest Jewish lawyer of his era. He walks in here, he's like, Yeah, I know what's going on here. Okay, watch this. And he just throws the cat amongst the pigeons <laughs> because he knows there is no way that they can uh that they can they can hold themselves back from taking the bait. Yeah. And they fall straight into his chap, they take the bait and uh, keep reading for us. What does it say?
1: Yeah, sure. In verse 8 it says, For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisees' party rose and protested, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God.
0: Okay. So, (laughs) instantly he has uh, some unlikely... Some unlikely uh, allies right here, <laughs> yeah. you know. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh and and, and the Pharisee's like, oh yeah, he's on our side. Okay, so we're going to fight with the, fa- fa- the with the Sadducees right now, and uh, and yes, this guy's on our side. <laughs> it's like these guys are nuts, dude.
1: It's it's crazy. It's like you know how easy is it for us as people to unite in a in a cause that's like so off topic just because yeah. we have like a personal <laughs> vendetta, that's right. like. um, Oh, it kind of just reminds me of uh, the the you know the Tower of Babel, for example, mm-hmm. where people come together um, to to fight against God. Like people can unite so easily yep. in a negative idea, and it's actually a you know a big a big part of the Book of Acts is this whole one accord idea, the church coming together, and we've to be seen united. yeah to be united, and we see that that you know they've done it in a they do it in a good way. But it's just funny that Paul is you know using. Like using his, you know, the big philosophy of of Acts being coming together as a church. He's using it like for and against. He's just a genius.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back after this break. This is Anna Weatherup.
3: God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Así te de...
0: You were listening to Anna Weatherup with Because He Lives, Anna Weather Up, of course, a local girl right here in the Hunter Valley. Um, and a former competitor on The Voice some years back.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I love that song so much. Yeah. Oh, because he like because he lives as a hymn itself is such a banger. And then like Anna and, Weatherup uh, yeah, just doing right. just so just much and, justice to uh, it. Oh, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, fantastic stuff. Okay, where were we up to? What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Paul in the Sanhedrin and how he splits it straight down the middle and now they're all fighting with each other. (laughs) So they're they're all gathered together and we're going to smash Paul and the next minute, no, they're not smashing Paul. They are smashing each other. (laughs) He just thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, put a spoke in the wheel and done a masterful tactic of distracting everybody from what Mm. their original purpose was to do away with Paul.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh man. It's like... (laughs) It's so funny. It's it's just I, like I laugh often when I read the book of Acts because there's so many stories like this um, where where Paul gets put into a situation where it's like, oh, it's looking serious this time. Paul's done. And then he just, you know, comes up with some tactic or strategy. Like, like you said, he's a master lawyer. He has so much tact in this situation. And he's just, bam, you know, just... Like you said, throwing the cat among the pigeons, which is, you know, the cat here is the resurrection um, and the, the Pharisees division, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees division on that. And he just, yeah, like out of they're trying to persecute Paul for being Christian and, he, and he's like the resurrection. And then out of nowhere, they're all just like fighting amongst themselves. Like it's just
0: such tact. Okay. Now, the question is this. Was it just tactics or was there more to it than that? was what Paul said here actually the truth? Mm. Because it actually was, and it was absolutely the truth, and it was absolutely the issue that was at stake. So as Paul goes on, he says, look, he says um, says here in verse 6, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope of the resurrection of the dead, am I called into question? Mm. So he throws it out there very, very clearly. Yeah, I'm a Pharisee, and it's this the, the, the reason that I'm here, the whole issue as to why I'm here is over the issue of the resurrection. Mm. Was there any doubt in anyone's mind that Jesus had died? No. Was there any doubt in, Jesus, in, in anyone's mind that Jesus had been buried? No. No. Both sides of the argument, Pharisees, Sadducees, and Christians, all claim that Jesus died and was buried. Buried. Mm-hmm. But is there anyone in that tomb? Can anyone exhume and produce the body of Jesus? No. No, they can't. And so here you've got this situation where Paul says, hey, there is a reason why you can't find the body of Jesus. There is a reason why you can't bring it out here because if you could, you would end Christianity and the problem would all be over. Yeah. That's because he's alive and guess what? I've met him. I met him on the Damascus Road. Yeah. 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 So that's 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 where Paul's coming from right here. And so what is actually in his statement is not just a smart lawyer trick. He's actually presented the entire foundation of Christianity. Yeah. Which is the resurrection, the
1: resurrection of the dead.
0: Now imagine, imagine I've said this before, but imagine this. Imagine you're going to start a new world religion, Lawson. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you think of anything more unlikely or obscure than a resurrection? to make the foundation for that religion? No. No, way, yeah, yeah, now, if, I, if I was going to found a religion, it would be something like Buddhism. You know why? Because it's not It matter, doesn't matter yeah. whether Buddhist uh, li- lived or died or d- existed or never existed. It's just a philosophy. Mm. The existence of Buddha is immaterial to the religion of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with Christianity, if you do away with Jesus Christ... It, there's nothing left. There is nothing left. You know, the whole... Basis of Christianity is a pure lie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole morality of Christianity, it doesn't exist. It's all gone if you can show that Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. And think about Paul, right? He's he's a brilliant lawyer and he's just demonstrated that. You know, he has just just shown them in the clearest possible way, yeah, I'm a really good lawyer. I know what's going on. (laughs) So he is a brilliant lawyer who could have been the very highest level of the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. He could have been at the highest level of Jewish society, which was the second biggest economy in the world after Rome at this particular time. He could have been literally dripping with wealth, with status, with you know being held in esteem by everyone. He could have had all that, and instead of that, he's standing there in chains in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so what he's actually doing, he's actually giving a very powerful testimony because by stating, you know, I'm a Pharisee, raised by a Pharisee, trained by a Pharisee, he's giving his qualifications. He then demonstrates his his prowess as a lawyer and at the same time speaks about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the statement that he's making here is this. I could be the greatest amongst you right now. Yeah, wow. But... I'm standing here in chains, and the reason I'm standing here in chains is because of the reality of the resurrection. If the resurrection was not a reality, would Paul be standing there in chains? Oh, no. No way in a million years am I ever going to put my life on the line for something that I just made up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, that whole Damascus Road experience, if he just made it up out of the top of his head, there's no way you're going to give your life for that. You mm. know, when you end up in, in, in prison, you're like, yeah, actually, you know what? I kind of made it up. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they're going to let you go because if if you, if you make a statement like that, you know, that's the death knell of Christianity. Yeah. And you know, if, if if Paul turned around and said, you know, ah, it wasn't real, so you know, they would they would give him the highest honor mm. if he would turn his back on Christianity. Yeah, for sure. But no, he's like, no, I've met Jesus. I've met him personally. He spoke to me. I spoke to him. He gave me a commission. Mm. I've been fulfilling that commission. The resurrection of the dead is the reason why I mm. am here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think especially Paul, as you know, someone who is a, an apostle, uh, you know, and like I guess amongst Christians, um, he taught and preached and had a lot of influence like he did have that power to turn his back on christianity there yeah, the reality is is that like you like you're saying you know he did have the qualifications he was like he could just be instantly you know in the side of earthly men he could just rise to power immediately um you know he could be a, <laughs> a yeah a jewish a spy in a way and just tear down christianity and i think it's like, it's the amazing testimony of, like, all the martyrs for, for Christ, especially in biblical times, the people who were actually with Christ and, and saw the resurrection. Like you said, if they just made it up, they weren't going to die for it. Um, they weren't gonna, and they weren't going to live the life that they led. Like, you look at Paul, for example, or, or Peter or, or John, or all of the disciples lived lives um, as peasants. You know, all they did was look out for others, and uh, eventually
0: most of them came to a, a martyr's death. Yeah, even, even the one who faith. survived, even the one who survived was, yeah, they tried to execute John. Mm. They threw him in a pot of boiling oil. But he survived. Every single other one of them, they they all died. Yeah. You know, w- why do you do that for a story that you just made up? Nobody's going to do that for a story they made up. Mm. For
1: sure. And I think that, like, it just, it just a test because there's, you know, his, historians have admitted, like there's no way we can disprove Jesus. He was a no, that's a right. literal a figure that existed yep. and then you see the testimony of the and people and that's And the whole with concept
0: them. of cause and effect. Yeah. You know, where you've got an effect there is a cause. Yeah. You don't have Christianity without having Jesus. For sure. And it's you know
1: you see the effect that it had on people. Mm-hmm. It's like, how could Jesus and the resurrection of the dead, which what is Paul, what Paul's talking about here, how can it not be real when you see the experience of the people who believed in it?
0: You know what I find really bizarre? What? I find people out there like, yeah, they'll admit that Muhammad existed and they'll admit that Buddha existed. But when it comes to Jesus, like, oh, yeah, no, no, he didn't really exist. Oh. <laughs> it's like, what?
1: What? <laughs> it, it, even though he's so much more attested than all of those, all of them, the, he is the single most attested individual in ancient in history. history. Ah, oh, right. it's and it's incredible. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Anyway, we're going to talk more about this when we come back tomorrow. The story continues. What happens to Paul in this particular instance? Is he torn limb from limb, or does he survive? This is Mark Bishop.
4: really alone When I feel dismayed He says Don't be afraid When the world around me changes like the shifting sands His word still stands I'm in good hands When the nights are long He sees me through It hurts, he says, I've been there too I like to think that I don't worry, but I sometimes do Blind and they could see.
0: far longer and far happier than most people in the world. And now, their secrets out. Six regions have been identified as Blue Zones, places where people experience holistic health, and it's doing them a lot of favors. So do yourself a favor and come along to the free Rethink Health Workshops, where we will explore six core principles of health and longevity proven through the Blue Zones at the Swansea Center Sunday, October 7, October 14, and October 21st. From 5 p.m. is where you'll find us. For more information, call 0402 528 869 or search for the Rethink Health event
5: on Facebook.
0: Guys, that was Anders Svensson with The Other Side here on Faith FM. We have come to question of the day time. Always enjoy. Question of the day. What is our question of the day? Or do we have a clue for our quiz still? Oh, yes, we yeah, have. We, we, we have still another do. clue. Yeah. Okay, come on, guys.
1: Let's, let, let, <laughs> come on, get, get in here. Snap this prize. 1 800 324
0: 843 is our number, or contact us via any of our social medias, or send us a text on 0491 064 669. So, the next clue is, I was the champion of the Philistines. The champion of the Philistines. Up against David. I wonder who that might be. <laughs> All right. We need to continue. What is our question of the day? Okay. So, our question of the day is, what is First
1: Thessalonians 4.14 saying? Is Jesus coming back with people who sleep in Christ?
0: Okay. That's a really good question. Uh, is, Jesus go- is Jesus going to be flying around, traveling from... Heaven to earth, bringing with him a whole bunch of people who are asleep, mm. and have those people been, you know, up there in heaven with Jesus sleeping for the past however many thousand years that they have been there? It's an interesting, it's an interesting com- uh, concept that we need to look into. Here's what the Bible says. If you go back to verse thirteen, we put it in some context. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep that you do not sorrow even as others which have no hope. So the first thing that we need to notice right here, if we go any further, is that Jesus is talking about people who are asleep. Now, this is Mm. not talking about rest. If you hold that thought and go to the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 11, John chapter 11, you have the story of Lazarus. If we go down to, let's see here, uh, verse 11. Lazarus was sick, but then Jesus said, after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I'm going so that I can wake him up out of his sleep. The disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Notice that the Bible is very, very clear that when a person is dead, it's like being asleep. That's how Jesus describes death. And so when the Bible speaks about those who are asleep, that does not mean that they are in heaven. That means that they are dead. dead. It's as simple as that. Okay, so let's put this in here. Um, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep, that you do not, that you saw or not, even as others which have no hope. The Bible is clearly talking about those who are dead. It goes on. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So notice what happens here. Jesus does not die and go to heaven, does he? No, Jesus dies, he rests in the grave, and then on Sunday he rises again. So this is the, this is the parallel that Paul is drawing on here in Thessalonians. There's no immortality of the soul in mm-hmm. here whatsoever at all, in any way, shape, or form. Even so, if we believe that Jesus can die and rise again, um, those also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. In other words, God will raise them back to life again in the same way that he raised Jesus back to life. Uh, for this we say unto you. Okay, and we, we're going to figure out when does this actually happen? Then, when are they raised back to life? The Bible answers it. You simply keep reading. The context gives it to you. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord. Yep. So we hope to be amongst that group. Shall not prevent those which are asleep. So just because we're alive, it's not going to stop the ones that are mm-hmm. asleep. Notice the Bible all the way through here. The Bible is saying they are asleep. They are asleep. They are asleep. They are not in heaven praising God, wandering around, you know, disembodied souls doing all this kind of stuff. The Bible is clear. The Bible is talking about those who are asleep. Yeah, and we know that that's those who are dead. That's right. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Well, when is that? Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Mm-hmm. That's the second coming of Jesus. So here's what the the Bible is crystal clear. That those who are asleep will remain asleep until Jesus descends from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, at which point they will be resurrected, and God Jesus is going to bring them with him back to heaven to be with him right there. That's what the Bible is talking about in this particular passage. It would make no sense whatsoever to have a resurrection of people who are already alive and in heaven. That's the immortality of the soul. No, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach foolishness. It teaches uh, very simply the resurrection. We're going to listen to Matt Maher. You are
5: my joy, you are my song You are the way, the one I'm drawing from You are my refuge, my whole life long Where else would I go? Surely my God is the strength of my soul your love defends me, Your love defends me, and when I feel like I'm all alone. Your love defends me, Your love After it I feel like more
0: Listening to Matt Maher, your love defends me here on Faith FM, and we have come to the end of the show, which means that we're about to give something away. Yeah. What are we giving away today, Lawson? We are giving away a book. We're okay. giving away a good book. Okay, this is really, this is an excellent book. All right, so Lawson just passed it back to me because I've read the book and he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just called him out right here on Ouch. first day. Wow. Lawson goes to the box and uh, pulls out something, and he hasn't even read it. But this is a great book. This is by Doug Batchelor. It's um, called At Jesus' Feet, and the subtitle is The Gospel According to Mary Magdalene. So today is uh, National Are You OK Day, mm-hmm. where we need to be taking care of people in our community who might not be OK. And Mary Magdalene was definitely one of those people. This was a woman who had suffered tremendous abuse Mm. uh, by the spiritual leaders in her community, something that we are hearing about on regular occasions today. And she had experienced over a long period of time... The hypocrisy of it was that those same religious leaders who were abusing her dragged her in front of Jesus and said, "Hey, we caught this woman in the act of adultery." Mm. Um, the, 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 the law of Moses says she should be stoned, and so what Jesus did was he exposed those guys on the spot. You know, he gets down and writes the writes the in in the dust the, the sins that they have been committing, and uh, and thus you find the beginning of this this amazing story of Mary Magdalene throughout the uh, throughout the, the Bible and uh, and how Jesus was able to reach out to her. And here you've got this person, this this woman who was so broken and so abused and so not okay, and yet this is the person that Jesus to meet chooses to meet first when he's raised from the dead. Mm. Powerful powerful story here. Give us a call 1-800-324-843 is our number or text us on 0491-064-669. Be the first and this book is yours. You're listening to Faith FM. Have a great day.